No, not really. You are a fat piece of shit. You're listening to Epic Cheat Day with your host, Derek Strong. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, ugly... Guys, thank you for listening to another edition of Epic Cheat Day with Derek Strong. I'm Derek Strong, and uh, today's episode, episode number 14, we're at 14 episodes deep in the legacy, the saga, known as Epic Cheat Day, ECD, for the ECD heads in the crowd, they like to call it that, I guess they do, I don't know, I don't know anybody who listens to this fucking thing, actually I do, and thank you guys for listening, it's episode 14, I'm going to be titling this, The Roller Coaster. I'm going to be talking about the weight loss and gain and loss and gain and loss and gain, loss and gain, loss and gain of the weight gain loss that I've been through in my life. And how I'm starting again. Getting back on the fucking wagon with eating right because uh, I don't like all the extra pairs of tits that I've developed since, uh, since this whole quarantine thing has started. And I haven't been able to go to one of my... Fake sponsors location, and that's Planet Fitness. Shout out to Planet Fitness for just still existing. Please, please, please keep the one in my neighborhood open because all the other gyms in the area around me are expensive as fuck. But Planet Fitness isn't expensive. If you guys know about Planet Fitness, they have a yearly fee of $40 a year, and then it's a $10 a month to stay evolved that's nothing if you think about it if you think about the investment that you're putting into yourself and your health and well-being the fact that most of the gyms stay open uh 24 hours a day for the most part for most of the week even though it says 24 5 it's more like 24 4 i know how to do math there fucking planet fitness stop trying to play me uh that's still a lot of access for ten dollars ten dollars that's not a lot of money guys uh, when the world opens up again, by all means, get yourself a Planet Fitness membership. Um, also want to give a shout-out to White Castle. I feel bad. I feel like I've been neglecting the castle of White Castle de la Blanco. I'm pretty sure I fucked that up and insulted several races. I'm Italian, so I could do things like that. Yeah, I could use uh, Latin languages because it is, of course, a Latin language. Um, but, uh, yeah. Castle of White, uh, I haven't been there in a while. I haven't ordered from there in a while, and I feel like there is something missing in my life. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's called Arterial Plaque. No, I've been missing them. I do love me some good old White Castle. It's what you crave. It's what I crave. It's what we all crave. White Castle, where for three fifty they give you a forty-four ounce fucking shake. 44 ounces, you guys. 44 ounces of shit. It's a swimming pool of milkshake, and they give it to you for $3.50. No, maybe it's $4 now. Who knows with inflation? Dude, all I know is that White Castle is one of those places kind of like Taco Bell where, uh, you know, if you go there with $10, you're good. You are fucking good. You are fed. I don't care what size you are, where you're at on the fat fuck spectrum. Here's my thing, though, with White Castle. They have so many great options. By great, I mean tasty. I don't mean great like, oh, I'm going to live until I'm 50. No. I'm talking about great in terms of options that I would like to consume. They have so many of those that, uh, yeah, $10 really doesn't do it for me, man. I got to throw down $15, $20 because I want to try a lot. 
I'm going to get small sacks of things. Dude, you can get hash browns whenever the fuck you want. You can get any of their breakfast sandwiches whenever you want. They got a Belgian waffle slider. Okay? It's Belgian waffle. It's slider. It's their take on the McGriddle, and it's better. It just is. It just is. Guys, get you some White Castle. Go to White Castle. You can go through their drive-thru right now. You can order them on Uber Eats. Please do so. Speaking of eating, gaining and losing weight, which White Castle make you do all in one night because of the aggressive shitting. No, you know, White Castle, there's nothing wrong with their food. And people talk about how it gives them explosive diarrhea. But they don't mention all the fucking shots of tequila they took and all their drinks mixed with fruit juices. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys realize this, but fruit juices will make you shit fucking... You'll shit a tornado. Uh, there's no waters in There's no water in tornadoes. Should be shit a hurricane. You know, shit a flash flood. I don't know. Some sort of ecological disaster, sort of, you know, you know, weather catastrophe that you're shitting. That's what you shit when you drink too much alcohol and fruit juice mixed together. That's why I don't do it. I speaking of what you know what I used to like. I used to like Bloody Marys. I don't know why. I, didn't, I never liked the sweet alcohol being mixed together with something sweet. I just thought it was fucking gross. Made me accentuate the alcohol in the wrong way. But I don't drink anymore. So we're not going to talk about fucking what I liked and what I didn't like drinking. You know what I liked about drinking? Getting fucking drunk. Which kind of leads to the whole roller coaster ride. I'm going to segue into that bad boy with this. I thought you were um, trying to lose weight. <laughs> Lay off me, I'm starving! Guys, welcome to another edition of Derek Strong Watches Chick Flicks. Today I'll be reviewing Life As We Know It. This movie came out in 2010. It was directed by Gary Barianti. Greg Barianti. Okay, it's written by Ian Deichman and Kristen Robinson. Uh, it stars, of course, Josh Duhamel, Catherine Heigl, has uh, a Rotten Tomato score of 29%, an audience score of 61%, and I'm with the critics on this one. This movie, I hated this movie. Watching this movie was a fucking chore and a half. It just was. Everything about it was just off, especially when it comes to the beats of a good rom-com. So how is this even labeled as a rom-com? I barely laughed once. There was I laughed half a fucking time throughout the course of this movie. If you're going to put the word calm in the title of, or, or in the genre of a movie, there should be at least three laughs throughout the whole fucking thing. Maybe half a time at that. It was a strain. It was a strain watching it. As I was watching it, I was looking at towards the bottom of the screen. I kept seeing like the timestamp. Like, oh my God, how many time, How much time do I have left slogging my way through this movie? Here's the gist of the movie, okay? Um, Josh Duhamel's character, whose name is Messer, so they call him Mess. Guess why? Because he's supposed to be the zany or responsible one. Um, is uh, best friends with a husband and um, and uh, what's her name? Fucking uh, oh god, I keep forgetting her name. Fuck, what's her name? What's her name? Catherine Heigl. Who, uh, by the way, Catherine Heigl gets so much fucking flack, in my opinion. She does. She does. I, uh, I, I, apparently she's a nightmare to work with, but I think she's a delight to watch on screen. Anyway, Catherine Heigl is friends with the 
the wife and um, and apparently they worked out this thing where if uh, if they die they're the kid's godparent they have a kid together if they die they you know Josh Small and Catherine Hyde I don't remember the fucking character's name their characters are the godparents and uh, uh, the premise is that they don't like each other they go on one blind date right at the beginning of the movie they absolutely hate each other uh, which I don't buy for a second. It just when I saw it, I was just like, "Oh, okay." They they clearly were sleeping together in real life. I don't know. That's the vibe I got. Anyway, so the the husband and wife they pass they get into a car accident, and that of course legally binds Catherine Heigl and uh, Josh Jamal's character to the house for some weird reason, where they have to raise this kid together. And of course, quote unquote hilarity is supposed to ensue. Dude, they had like four montages in this movie, and all of them were terrible. This was a fucking bad movie. And then they fucking forced the romance in there in the last quarter of the movie. I'll spare you. I'm not ruining anything by telling you that. What was clunky about this movie? God, everything. Everything was just off and weird. I mean, how many times are we going to have to see the trope of, you know, the guy who's the ladies' man, who's a slacker, who, you know, who he has perfect hair, but, you know, let's say that they, he has quote-unquote bedhead you know, get with the uptight fucking, you know, I'm going to plan everything, woman. Like, come on. You know, and I get it. Back then, back in 2010, uh, Catherine Eichel, she was, you know, I, I don't know if she, her star had stopped shining by then, rom-com-wise. I mean, that's all she was really doing for the most part. Uh, you know, Justin, well, he's, he's okay. I mean, they just, I don't know. I mean, they, they, they miss all the comedy, like, beats i guess like i i don't know i thought i couldn't be any less interested in this movie and i like these movies yeah i guess i'm not your target demographic for it your typical one but shit i've seen enough of them that i can sit back and i can enjoy one and i did not find this enjoyable at all i just didn't it just wasn't you know i i kind of liked melissa mccarthy playing you know melissa mccarthy she plays the same character more or less that she usually does so she was okay Kamel Nanjiani's in it for a brief bit he's really good um you know but again they give him like six lines throughout the movie and the movie more focuses on them trying to raise this kid together you know and of course they're raising the kid in the most ideal circumstance possible I don't know guys life as we know it it's on Netflix right now uh you can skip this one enough of you. Well, you wouldn't say that if I came with fries and a medium drink. <laughs> Just like drinking, you know, eating is very much so a vice. It's an addiction. Eating terribly, too. Okay? When I talk about that, I'm talking about binge eating, okay? And that's when you're eating... I was explaining to somebody what binge eating was. Binge eating is when you're eating and literally stuffing feelings. You're not tasting your food. You're not enjoying your food. You're just taking it and you're just shoving food down you. You know, there's some enjoyment there. There used to be. I remember enjoying it. You're just eating a lot of it. And, of course, if you're bulimic, you binge and then purge. But, um, you know, and I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I told him that a very common thing for binge eaters to do is to throw away food and then later just take it right out the trash and eat it again. He was horrified by this. Uh, I've done that before. And again, I'm not throwing it in like a public trash bin and then digging it out. No, but I, a lot of binge eaters that I know, fucking if it's their own trash and there's nothing else in there, yeah, fuck it. You know, it's a fucking, it's a roast beef sandwich. Roast beef sandwiches are delicious. God, speaking of which, I want to find a good kosher deli in Chicago. 
you know, I found something close to being a kosher deli. What the hell is it called in fucking Skokie? Oh, God. It's like I can remember. I sort of remember. There was a, well, Skokie makes sense. Huge Jewish population. But it was, I remember it was a kosher style of deli. And the big difference, of course, they could serve cheese there and meat. Whereas, you know, true kosher deli, you can't sell the dairy there. So, uh, God, I got to remember the name of that place. I will. I will. I will remember it. Epic cheat day. Uh, but, yeah, I'm back on, you know, the old... Uh, eating bandwagon and that's because i'm fucking the roller coaster dude gaining and losing this much weight over and over again can't be fucking healthy i know it's not healthy you know i know the skin elasticity is just gonna suck i'm sure i went over this in one of my other episodes of the podcast but fuck it it's my podcast if i've done an episode so be it so be it you don't have to listen well please yes you do have to listen please i enjoy it when you listen by the way if you hear ambient noises i am recording this in my apartment mike's gonna do shout out to mike johnson for uh you know doing what he does he'll be cleaning it up and you know in post-production to make it sound fucking viable but uh yeah if you hear if you hear ambient noises then uh I did my best, but I just had something drop on the floor near me, and you were probably going to be picking that up. So, yeah, the roller coaster, dude, it's fucking... Here's the terrifying part about this, and I came to this conclusion, you know, recently, and I think I, I remember mentioning this before on the podcast, but I can't iterate it enough just how terrifying a proposition it is for me, but it's the... Okay, so once I do this, once I stop eating bad... Then what do I have? What do I have to imbibe? Like, what can I consume or drink or look forward to consuming or imbibing that will make me feel good? I mean, drinking hasn't made, didn't make me feel good the last few years that I drank. That's a fact. Same thing with eating terribly. Every time I eat bad nowadays, I just, it, I just, it's not that I hate myself and like, oh, oh, fat guy hates himself. No, I just, I don't hate me, but I just hate the feeling of the sluggishness and all that. I just, the, f the enjoyment, like the first couple of bites, they taste good. But then everything after, it's like, why? Again? Again? We're here again with this shit? You know? So it's like, I want to do this again. And, and, and knock on wood, this is the last time I really fucking... This is really an issue for me. You know? Drinking, I'm almost at the two-year mark. Uh, within a month, it'll be two years that I didn't drink. Drinking's not, I could safely say, is not... An issue for me. Yeah, there are times where I get cravings to drink, but I mean, it's not persistent or or prevalent enough for me to really make note of it. And it's kind of like with cigarettes. Every now and then with cigarettes, like I'll walk by somebody smoking, be like, ah, oh, I remember when that was good, but it's been so long. Like, it's not an issue for me. Drugs, same thing. People could drink or do drugs in front of me. I'm fine. You know, and I'm going to get that way with food. I am. But again, this is that first step back in the first couple of days back and it's uh you know it's not as rough now you know i've done it enough times where i'm prepared mentally and to a certain extent to do it and to face it it's just jesus how many first times the first steps do i need to do and i i i, I could beat myself up over that but i also know that you know it only takes you one time to quit you know you only have to quit one time to stay quit because all those other times you didn't quit. So you can't say that you quit. You need to quit one time. And everything else was you preparing for that one time. So if I look at it from that perspective, that's going to make it a lot easier for me. I know that. Um, it's hard. 
it's hard. I, you know, I talk about it all the time, especially have my fake sponsor being White Castle. Dude, there's, there's literally nothing healthy on White Castle. But that being said, once in a while, it's not bad. And I believe that I could get to the whole, I could eat bad once in a while. Now, the exception to that is when it comes to sugary foods. And the reason why I think with the sugary foods, I definitely did a podcast episode about it, but just to reiterate, um, I just, I don't think, I know with those, I mean, there's just like so much of a chemical influx that happens that being able to abstain from them for long periods of time is just really hard. But for the rest of the foods, it's like they're boring enough where, you know, just as long as I have a feeling of fullness once I'm done eating, then it really doesn't matter what I eat, you know. I could eat spinach for all I care as long as I feel full afterwards. Side note, one thing I don't recommend you doing is eating spinach to the point of stomach capacity. I used to do that, and oh boy, did my toilet not know what was happening. It was, uh, it was offensive. It was offensive what would happen. There's no tag on this. Press check on Vegiclean, aisle five. I repeat, press check on Vegiclean, aisle five. That's Vegiclean. Guys, welcome to another edition of Five Star Customer Service. And today we're going to talk about the self-checkout. And I can't stress this enough. Guys, the self-checkout is for five items. Why are you bringing your whole cart full of shit over there? Stop fucking doing it, okay? All right. Also, self-checkouts aren't designed for social distancing. Okay, so please be mindful of that. Just because you're there and you bring up a cart of 3,000 items, okay, be mindful of the fact that everybody around you isn't your fucking in your age group, okay, and uh, they might have health issues and they might contract this thing from you, okay? Now, am I one of the first people to say, hey, this might be a little bit overblown? Sure, but definitely something is happening, okay? There's too many numbers stored out there. Something is happening in the world when it comes to this COVID-19 bullshit. Okay, so be mindful of that, especially in the self-checkout. You know, self-checkout, be mindful that there's only one person monitoring that at any time. And we're paying attention to everything that you're fucking doing, okay? You know, when you're putting in the fucking extra avocados or whatever, we notice it. A lot of people may not fucking care about it. I'm definitely going to go over, reach to your bag and point out, hey, guess what? You forgot to ring this, okay? And I'm always going to play like that because you know what? I'm trying to be a nice guy and a good guy, give you the benefit of the doubt, okay? That being said, don't think it's fucking sweet, all right? All right, stop doing it. Stop doing that, okay? Stop bringing 27 items there. If you have 27 items, I don't care how long the line is, go to the fucking register, Okay? Why? Because I don't want to fucking walk over and punch in the fucking, the code for cilantro 67 times, okay? Bring it over to the register, it's better equipped for your fucking 37 items, okay? For that little bullshit part. Why are you having a party anyway? You shouldn't be buying that many things, unless it's just for you for like a couple weeks because you don't want to go out shopping. I get that, but fuck, okay? Cilantro and tomatoes, is in fact, that's because you're having a fucking Memorial Day party. I know the reason why you're buying those products. That's why it's fucking there. Okay, stop doing it. Take that shit, bring it over to your fucking, to, to a regular register and have them ring it up. Okay, stop breaking our balls. All right. This is Flaming Dragon. Okay, Flaming Dragon. Fuck face. First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. Yeah, uh, God. What is it, though? I mean, it's... 
you know, they always say, I mean, AA, and I, I know people that, you know, don't, aren't fans of the program and aren't fans of AA and like that, but even they have to admit that the number one thing that AA does and the first is, you know, or they talk about it in the, is the first step and the first step is admitting that you have a problem. Like, you know, and then after that is, you know, you're supposed to say that you're unable to do this on your own and, you know, with eating, it's, yeah. I know that I've known it's a problem for it, with it. I have a problem with it. Obviously, you know, if I didn't have a problem with it, I wouldn't be 100 pounds overweight, you know? Um, and that's a rough estimate, too. I mean, I'm not 100 pounds above the weight that I would want to be at. I'm about 80 pounds, 70 pounds above the weight that I want to be at. But 100 by clinical, the clinical diagnosis for obesity. Um, yeah, definitely 100 pounds of what uh, where I should be quote-unquote i don't like it it's just i feel i don't like how it feels it feels bad i feel bad at this weight i don't like how i move i feel sluggish i don't like getting winded that easily i just don't like it i don't want to do it anymore and uh i'm gonna do it this time i'm gonna fucking do it this time i got this you know i was looking for what my next project is going to be based on my last podcast you know what this is my project then I could do other things on the side, but that'll be this will be the most important one. This will be the priority. If I prioritize it and focus on it, I get through it. Guys, what is your experience with it? Hit me up at Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Hit me up at any of those places at Epic Cheat Day Podcast. I want to hear what your stories are. Nobody has hit me up through any of these. They've people have talked to me in real life about the podcast and have come up with, you know, told me their ideas and we've discussed issues that they've gone through when it's come to their life that have pertained directly to the podcast. But nobody hits me up at any of those places. And that's fine. Hey, look, you know, it's still a really small podcast. I'm doing it mostly for me anyway. Not most. I'm doing 100 percent for me, man. Fuck y'all. What if my podcast was just that? Epic cheat day? Fuck y'all. And that's all we were talking about was fuck everybody here. Fuck all you guys. Um, what, what would that be like? I'd be an interesting podcast, right? I do get a good amount of listeners. I do appreciate it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to do to stress the audience. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't want to go into, like, I, I know that if I mind the, you know, depths of my life, you know, and talked about other things, maybe I might do an episode of kind of just gen- being general about how I got to this point. But, uh, you know, I've talked it up enough, talked it up enough in therapy, talked it enough, talked it up enough in my regular life. I still want to keep going over it because to me, it's kind of counterproductive at some point. Um, to me, it's like this is where I'm at right now. And, I, you know, middle-aged, overweight, and I've gone up and down with my weight, and I need to stick to it. That's the whole gist of this fucking podcast from the beginning. That's why it's epic cheat day, because there's one day a week where we could cheat with eating, you know, and uh, that's where that's where I'm at right now. I just, uh, just want to get this under control, guys, and I don't want to. I will, and I am, and I'm actively doing it, you know, and the first steps are always the hardest ones to take. First ones are always the hardest to do, and not just for this, but for fucking anything. God damn. God, stand-up comedy. God, that was a rough one. Ask any stand-up comic about their first open mic or the steps that led them to their first open mic. Some of them have just like, oh, I knew I was going to be a great performer out the gate, and then they're just like, you know, talking about how it was nothing for them 
others will tell you how it took them it took me years before i did my first open mic um you know so like first steps with anything first steps with quitting drugs god coming to terms with that there's so many people i know that joke about being drug addicts but if they really once they look in the mirror and be like this wow i have a fucking problem with this it changes everything it does you know it changes your self-worth we with psych wars the thing that really brought me down to levels the first time I, had, I was put into a psych ward I was just like oh it's real now like I had psych issues my whole entire life I didn't go to the psych ward for the first time until I was 19 but when I was 19 that's when I realized holy shit all these things that I, I thought I, I genuinely thought I was just playing up my mental illness until then I thought that I was just using it to my advantage I thought it was all bullshit and it was just it was all my parents saying something about me and no nah, when i was 19 i was in the psych ward for the first time that's when it became real and that changed everything it's always that one thing guys what was that one thing that changed everything for you that first step that you had to take that realization that holy shit what you thought some aspect of your life where you found out about something you, the way you thought about something was completely not what it was you know how earth-shattering was it? How enlightening was it? How hopeful was it? Was it a hopeful point for you? If it was, hit me up at Podcast uh, at Gmail, Instagram, Facebook. I don't know. I think I'm going to cut this episode a little short. Guys, thank you so much for listening as usual. I uh, hope to see you around. Mike, we're good.